Lesson 13 for March 21 to 27, Women and Wine. Sabbath afternoon, March 21. Before we start, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to the end of this beautiful book of Proverbs, which has so much life experience built into it, moulded by your Holy Spirit. And as we finish our study this week, we pray that you will guide us through that Holy Spirit, but also that we may see Jesus as our Saviour and the messages that come in the book of Proverbs, may they be part of our lives, that we may take the wisdom from there, share it with others and live it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our memory text this week is Proverbs chapter 31, verses 3 and 4. Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink. Let's read that again, Proverbs 31, verses 3 and 4. Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink. The book of Proverbs began with the teachings of a father in Proverbs 1, verse 1 and verse 8, and again in chapter 4, verse 1, and ends with the teachings of a mother in Proverbs 31, verse 1. The name Lemuel may allude to Solomon. If so, then Lemuel's mother is Solomon's mother, and she warns her son against the two most serious threats to the king, wine and women. The association of wine and women is deliberate. To be efficient as a ruler, the king has to be careful of the influences he faces. And these two factors can be very powerful. Though the right woman could be beneficial, alcohol is only trouble. The father's introduction was concerned with the spiritual acquisition of wisdom. Now, the mother's conclusion is concerned with applying wisdom in real life. For the spiritual principles taught by the father would mean nothing if the practical advice offered by the mother were not to follow. Sunday, March 22, A Toast to Life In many cultures, drinking alcohol is associated with living a good life. People raise a glass and wish one another a long life, though the irony is that each glass works towards destroying life. Nicely designed bottles, poetic and funny drinking songs, clever commercials, and even some scientific findings all comfort drinkers in their idea that Alcohol is good for them. Proverbs has already warned us against this deadly deception in Proverbs 23, verses 30 to 35. Now the theme reappears, showing us even more damage that drinking can bring. Question. Read Proverbs chapter 31, verses 4, 5, 8 and 9. Together what do they say? And how does their message apply to every follower of the Lord, not just the king? Verse 4. 
It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. And verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the speechless, in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the case of the poor and needy. In similar language, Job describes himself as being eyes to the blind and feet to the lame in Job 29.15. Likewise, the king, or those with means, should help support the poor and the needy, those who are speechless, in that they don't have a voice, because no one listens to them. The destructive effect of wine can also be seen in how it can so easily distort one's judgment. While alcohol is bad enough for common folk, for a king or someone with power, alcohol can create terrible situations. The drinking king not only forgets the law and does not know what is right, but he subsequently issues distorted judgments. The guilty are declared innocent, and the innocent guilty. What is at stake here is the capacity to discern between right and wrong, good and evil. The prohibition of wine drinking has to do with basic wisdom and as such should apply to every human being. It is noteworthy that this concern is precisely the reason implied in the special prohibition of drinking for the priest, as it says in Leviticus chapter 10, that you may distinguish between holy and unholy. So to finish today, who hasn't seen the devastating effects of alcohol in so many lives? How can you help others, especially the young, stay clear of what can bring only harm to them and to others? Monday, March 23. A Toast to Death Question. Read Proverbs chapter 31, verses 6 and 7. How are we to understand these texts? Beginning at verse 6. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. A quick reading of these verses gives the impression that Lemuel's mother allows the consumption of wine or any other alcohol for the person who is about to die in verse 6 or for the person who suffers from depression in verse 7. This reading, however, would contradict not only the immediate context Lemuel's mother has just warned the king against wine drinking but also the general context of the book of Proverbs, which systematically and emphatically prohibits wine drinking. In addition, it hardly makes sense to offer something to the perishing that would only make their health and well-being worse, and giving alcohol to a depressed person is like giving salt to someone who is already dehydrated. If, as we know, God cares about our bodies and our health, It doesn't make sense to see these texts, especially in context, encouraging the use of alcohol. More important, an analysis of the use of the expression who is perishing in the book of Proverbs 
reveals that it is speaking about the wicked. Let's look at that in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 28. The hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. And in chapter 11, verse 7. When a wicked man dies, his expectation will perish, and the hope of the unjust perishes. And verse 10. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices, and when the wicked perish, there is jubilation. And chapter 19 and verse 9. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies shall perish. And chapter 21, verse 28. A false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. And chapter 28, verse 28. When the wicked arise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. Through the expression, who is perishing, Lemuel's mother points in fact, by association, to the wicked. As for the expression, bitter of heart, it refers to the depressed person, as in chapter 31 and verse 6. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart, who, like the wicked, becomes insensitive and forgets, as it says in verse 7, poverty. Ellen White writes in Temperance, page 12, Satan gathered the fallen angels together to devise some way of doing the most possible evil to the human family. One proposition after another was made, till finally Satan himself thought of a plan. He would take the fruit of the vine, also wheat and other things given by God as food, and would convert them into poisons, which would ruin man's physical, mental and moral powers, and so overcome the senses that Satan should have full control. Under the influence of liquor, men would be led to commit crimes of all kinds. Through perverted appetite, the world would be made corrupt. By leading men to drink alcohol, Satan would cause them to descend lower and lower in the scale. Tuesday, March 24, A Virtuous Woman Proverbs 31 verse 10 reads, Who can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies? Who is the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31.10? A number of indications suggest that the author has more in mind than a godly woman or the ideal wife. Following the lead of many passages of the book, in Proverbs chapter 1, chapter 3, chapter 4 and chapter 8, we have good reason to think that the virtuous woman represents wisdom. Let's have a look at chapter 1, verses 22 to 33. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called you, and you refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel, and would have none of my rebuke, I also will laugh at your calamity. 
I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm, and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way, and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely, and will be secure without fear of evil. And chapter 3, verses 13 to 20. Happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honour. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped down the dew. And chapter 4, verses 5 to 9. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the mouths, from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honour when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory she will deliver you. And then the whole of chapter 8. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates, at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an, ex be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things, for my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared to her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find all knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. By my king's reign and ruler's decree, justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles, all the judges of the earth, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honour are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver.' 
I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle of the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men." Now, therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways, hear instruction, and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors, for whoever finds me finds life, and obtains favour from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul, and all those who hate me Love death. We have good reason to think that the virtuous woman represents wisdom. This personification of wisdom as a woman is justified not only because the Hebrew word for wisdom, chokma, C-H-O-K-M-A-H, is a feminine noun, but also because it allows the Hebrew writer to draw all kinds of concrete lessons for our daily life. Wisdom is not pictured as some lofty and unreachable ideal, but as a very practical and approachable woman who could become our life companion. This last teaching about wisdom is given through a beautiful acrostic poem. Each verse begins with a Hebrew letter following the alphabetic order, as in the Book of Lamentations and in many Psalms. Question. Compare the text on wisdom in Proverbs chapter 8, which we've just read, with our text on the virtuous woman. What features of the virtuous woman remind us of wisdom in the book of Proverbs? Well, number one, we look at Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. And chapter 8 verse 35, For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favour, from the Lord. 2. Her worth is more than rubies. Once again, Proverbs 31 verse 10, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. And chapter 8 verses 10, receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. Verse 11, for wisdom is better than rubies and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. And verses 18 and 19. Riches and honour are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. 3. She provides food. 
Chapter 31, verse 14, she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. 4. She is strong. Chapter 31, verse 17, she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. And verse verse 25, strength and honour are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. And chapter 8, verse 14, counsel is mind and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. 5. She is wise. Chapter 31, verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. And chapter 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom cry out, and understanding lift up her voice? 6. She is praised. Chapter 31, verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And chapter 8 and verse 34. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Though we live in the so-called information age, and though we have acquired so much more knowledge than had previous generations, there's little to indicate that our generation is any wiser than previous generations. Indeed, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, we have guided missiles and misguided men. And so to finish today, read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. What does it say to you, and how can this idea help you live by faith? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Wednesday, March 25, She Works The virtuous woman in Proverbs 31 is not lazy. She works hard and is very active. The poem insists on this quality in verse 27. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness, which characterises the wise versus the fool, as in chapter 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. And chapter 24, verses 33 and 34. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest... So shall your poverty come like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. The field of her activities is comprehensive and concrete. To be spiritual does not mean that we should be idle, all under the pretext that we are concerned with highly important religious issues, and thus do not have time to take care of trivial matters. Look at Luke chapter 16 verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. The woman willingly works with her hands, as we read in chapter 31 earlier. It is interesting 
that this very spiritual person is never depicted praying or meditating. She is shown only as an efficient and productive woman, like Martha of the Gospels. We read about her in Luke 10, verses 38 to 40. Now it happened, as they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Question. Read Proverbs chapter 31, verses 12, 15 and 18. Why is the woman always working? Well, we'll look in chapter 31 again, and verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And verse 15, she also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. And verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. The woman works all the days of her life, we read in verse 12, even during the night, verses 15 and 18, her active and watchful presence is effective all the time. The reason for her constant attention is her responsibility. Question. Read Proverbs 31, verses 20 and 25. What is the temporal scope of her projects? Verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. And verse 25. Strength and honour are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. Here we touch on an important point regarding our work and effort. It will be tested by time. Only the future will testify to the quality of our deeds. To work wisely is to work with the future in mind, not just for an immediate reward. Though not quite dealing with the same thing, the principle in the following text from Revelation is so important, and it's Revelation 14, verse 13. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labours and their works to follow them. So to finish the day, if you have a special woman, a wife, a mother, a family member, teacher, boss or friend in your life, what can you do to show your appreciation for her and for all she has done for you? Thursday, March 26, She Cares Question. Read Proverbs chapter 31, verses 26 to 31. What other important characteristics are seen in this woman? Why are these important for all of us, regardless of who we are? Proverbs 31, beginning at verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. 
Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. As we have seen all through this quarter, an emphasis is placed on words, on what we say. The woman is known for her wisdom and for her kindness. They are related. After all, couldn't one argue that kindness is another form of wisdom, especially when we understand that wisdom isn't just what we know, but what we say and do? Notice, too, the phrase, the law of kindness. That is, kindness isn't just some fleeting attribute that escapes from her mouth now and then. It is a law, a principle of her very existence. How powerful it would be if the law of kindness were to guide all that came out of our mouths. Question. Read Proverbs 31, verse 30 again. What important point is revealed here that is so often forgotten? Chapter 31, verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. All too often, women are rated only in terms of outward appearance. That's just a shallow and superficial marker. The Bible points out just how vain, how empty that kind of attitude ultimately is. This woman's true beauty is found in her character, and how that character is made manifest in her life and works. Beauty will always pass away. Character can endure forever. As Ellen White says in God's Amazing Grace, page 81, A great name among men is as letters traced in sand, but a spotless character will endure to all eternity. So, to finish today, in what areas of your life do you need to see your character improve? Praying about it is fine, but what concrete positive steps must you take in order to see growth? Friday, March 27. Ellen White writes in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3, page 295. When indulging their appetite for wine, and while under its exciting stimulus, their reason was clouded, and they could not discern the difference between the sacred and the common. Contrary to God's express direction, they dishonoured him by offering common instead of sacred fire. God visited them with his wrath, Fire went forth from his presence and destroyed them. And then from Education, page 217. Let the children and youth learn from the Bible how God has honoured the work of the everyday toiler. Let them read of the wise woman described in the Proverbs, who seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands, who giveth meat to her household and their task to her maidens, who planteth a vineyard and strengtheneth her arms, who stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, reacheth forth her hands to the needy, and who looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. And that brings us to our discussion questions this week. There are four. One, why is total abstinence from alcohol the only right option? After all, 
what possible good can arise from any kind of alcohol consumption. On the other hand, think about all the damage that it often causes. 2. Dwell more on the idea that although we have a lot of knowledge for our time, we don't necessarily have more wisdom. In what ways can knowledge without wisdom be even more dangerous than a lack of knowledge without wisdom? What are some recent examples we can see of just how damaging knowledge without wisdom can be? Question 3. Review the characteristics of the virtuous woman. How can the principles behind what is revealed in this specific situation be applied to believers, whatever their gender, marital status or age? And question 4. The book of Proverbs is filled with practical wisdom. This should tell us that our religion, even with all its lofty theology and spiritual dimensions, has a very practical side to it as well. How can we make sure that we don't neglect the practical aspects of faith as we seek to fulfil its theological and spiritual dimensions? Inside Story. Our mission story this week is titled Sabbath Shoes. Becky needed a new pair of shoes. Going to her favourite shop near Newport Beach, California, she picked up a pair but discovered her size wasn't in stock. Dwight McKeever, the sales rep, assured her that her size could be ordered and the shoes would be in by Wednesday afternoon. Becky returned on Wednesday but the shoes hadn't arrived. On Thursday, still no shoes. When Becky came into the shop late Friday afternoon, Dwight explained that the delivery truck hadn't arrived but would any time soon. Becky waited a few more minutes, but then she had to go. Fifteen minutes after she left the store, the shoes arrived. Quickly phoning Becky's home, Dwight left a message. Sometime later, she returned his call explaining that she would wear her old shoes the next day and pick up the new ones on Saturday night. Just a few minutes later, Becky returned to the store. I just came to let you know that I'm not angry that the shoes didn't arrive on time and that I'm very impressed with all you've done to help solve this problem. Then she turned to leave. But what about your shoes? Dwight asked. I'll get them tomorrow night, came the response of Becky, walking out the door. Thinking that maybe she needed money, Dwight offered her a loan, but money wasn't the problem. Frustrated, Dwight couldn't understand what the problem was. Finally, Becky explained, I'm a Christian, I want to honour God on the Sabbath. Sabbath? The only Sabbath Dwight knew of was the rock group Black Sabbath. I'm a Christian too, he told her, but what does that have to do with buying shoes? If you're a Christian, she replied with a smile, then you know that the Ten Commandments tell us to keep the Sabbath holy, and that means we shouldn't buy or sell. Intrigued, Dwight wanted to learn more. Becky invited him to a Revelation seminar being held nearby, and he accepted. I had picked up a Bible a few times and wanted to know how it would all end, so I went straight to the last book, but couldn't understand a thing, he recalls. There was a beast with all those heads, but 
I wasn't too worried because I knew with nuclear warfare we could just blow up all those heads. When he told that to Becky, she laughed. You might want to come to the seminar and learn what it's really all about. To see how Becky's faithfulness led Dwight and many of his family to accept Bible truth, continue reading the story in Mission Magazine for the first quarter of 2015 or online at www.adventistmission.org slash mqa-home. Your reader for this week's lesson has been Dr. Percy Harold. This lesson is brought to you by the Sabbath School Department, Christian Services for the Blind and Hearing Impaired, and through the services of Adventist Media Network. Remember, God is always faithful.